Well, hey, today we're continuing our discussion about Samuel using our Discovery Bible Study method. And today we're going to be talking about a few different characters. One who's hearing God's call for the very first time. Somebody who hasn't heard God's call in a very long time. And then two sons who have turned a deaf ear to God's call. That's right. So we're reading from 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's all about a whisper, a warning, and a brand new leader. Mm. See what I did there? You did. So that's what we're talking about today on HC Daily. You're listening to another episode of HC Daily, a daily devotional podcast that you can listen to at home or on the go. We believe that you can grow as much as you want to grow spiritually, and this podcast can be a part of your daily growth plan. So, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, we're glad you're here. Now, let's join our hosts, Jeff Forrester and Chris Zarbaugh in the studio. So, Jeff. Yes. Yesterday, we, you asked me a question that threw me off. That's you right. asked me how long I'd been in ministry. 30 years. I told you 31, no, 30 years. 30 years. 30 yeah. years. Uh-huh. And you said you were too, right? Yeah. But then the question that threw me off was you said, okay, what would you do as a backup plan if ministry doesn't work out for <laughs> right, you? Right. So I'm curious, what is your answer? Yeah, my backup plan? Well, so I've thought this through a few times. Um, uh, Chad and I have decided if the ministry doesn't work out at Heritage Church, we're going to open up a taco truck. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a taco truck. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I, got, I got it all planned out, man. Well, I want you to know the sad news is the elders have met. <laughs> no, and I better start looking for a taco truck. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. I saw a good one. Well, okay. Well, no. if uh, anybody's out there and can hook me up with a good, uh, good truck, um, apparently I need it. Hey, when I believe this, you'll this actually, podcast is done. I believe you'll actually succeed with that if you ever do it. Yeah? Because, yeah, because you cook well. We, we like making, you've had those pork tacos, right? With yeah, that, they're great. With that uh, avocado salsa. Ooh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's hurry up because we can go to lunch after this. Here we go. Uh, today we're reading from Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Yep. And uh, we're going to read just this really dynamic story. One of my favorites, when I was a kid, this was one of my very favorite stories, the idea that God speaks to Samuel. So here we go, Verse chapter, er, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord God called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I've warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli... 
and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. So Samuel stayed in bed until morning and then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It's the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all the people of Israel. Wow. Yeah. So the first question is, uh, what stands out in the passage? So for me, I would just say, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was looking actually at my notes here in my life application Bible while you were sitting there talking. And, uh, and, and, I, and it talked about the tabernacle itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it had mentioned that inside the tabernacle, that's where they kept the Ark of the Lord, right? right. And, and, and before... The Ark of the Covenant. Or the Ark of the Covenant, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Ark of the Lord. Is, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this was before, you know, the, the temple was built, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you can read that somewhere later. But this was the, the, the tabernacle, which means that the presence of God was, uh, was right there with the Ark of the Covenant. And, and so that's where, you know, God's presence was. That's where you went to the tabernacle to bring the sacrifices. That was God's address back then. Mm-hmm. And so it said he was asleep right during or, or right, right next near. to the Ark of the Covenant. So that means that there was one wall separating Samuel. He, w- he would have been in like the priest chambers, the little tiny rooms that are sleeping rooms right outside of the center of the, of the tabernacle. Now, there's some debate whether or not it's going to be like a, like a solid wall or maybe it's just a cloth wall because the, the tabernacle was, was more— Was a tent. Was a tent, yeah. right? So it's probably a cloth wall. Uh, and so I'm thinking to myself, here's Eli. He's sleeping right next to God's presence, mm-hmm. and he hears, uh, you know, Samuel comes and says, hey, are you talking to me? And Eli, it takes him three times to figure it out that it's God's voice. Yeah. Now, Eli, more than anybody else, should have recognized— this is God's voice. He's the pro. Right. He's the one that knows everything, right? Yeah. So that's why I mentioned in the uh, intro that so you have a you have you have um, someone who's hearing God's call for the very first time. Right. Because Samuel had never heard God's voice. Yeah. Uh, Eli, somebody who's hearing God's call for the first time in a very long time. Right. Right. He was the backslidden kind of a guy. Right. Right. And then and then uh, Hophni and Phineas who turned uh, Hophni and Phineas who turned deaf ears to God's call. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it, there's really a lot of symbolism, three categories of people right here. That's what stands out to me. Yeah, it, it's really incredible that, one, you know, the very first verse, it says, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Again, as you mentioned, you know, using the Life Application Study Bible notes, it mentions here that God had spoken directly with Moses. He'd spoken directly with Joshua. But then there was a long period of time where there were very few direct messages and part of the reason was God had given them the laws of Moses, mm. right? So they had some writings, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had some writings from God that said, this is how you're supposed to behave. This is how you engage in worship to me. Um, and so there wasn't a big reason other than the fact that they kept wandering from God back and forth. But he is really challenging them. And so the note that I was really paying attention to is listening and responding is vital in a relationship with God. Although God does not always use the sound of a human voice, 
he always speaks clearly through the Bible, right? And so whether, you know, Samuel knew or didn't know the Bible, I think he probably was being trained in uh, the books of, of Moses. He's hearing now this whisper. And the thing that jumps out to me in this was his willingness to respond. He was eager to, even at nighttime when he's supposed to be sleeping, he's eager to, to obey, and he thought, he thought it was Eli, mm-hmm. right? God's voice sounded like Eli's voice, apparently, at least at night, and so he wanted to go to uh, serve him. And then the, the other big thing that really jumps off the, the page for me is when Eli says, when he gets bad news, mm-hmm. he says, okay, then let God do what God's going to do. It's amazing, isn't it? That's an incredible response. That's, yeah. It's, you know, I'd immediately be falling to my knees and begging for mercy. Yeah. But he has this very resolute response of, okay, if that's what God's going to do, God's good. God's going to do it. Yeah, God's which, do. which really, that falls under the second question. What does this teach you about people or myself? And, and, and that, is, that actually speaks into the character of Eli. Yeah. Because Eli knew he was doing wrong. Eli knew that God was warning him. Obviously, we just read that. And we also know that Eli didn't do anything about it. So he knew better. Yeah. Which, by the way, I think is the reason why he threatened Samuel. Yeah. He said, may, may you even die if you hold anything back. In other words, you better tell me everything God said. Because right. I want to know. Because he knew it was coming. Yeah. He knew it was coming. Now, I wouldn't use Eli's way of talking to Samuel as parenting advice. No. Threatening to kill your kid. Or, or, <laughs> or to be honest... Right. Any advice in any conversation. Right, right. Yeah. But he does, uh, he does have that confrontation directly. And I think he knew that God was sending a message to him through this boy. Uh, there's a lot of symbolism in that. Which, you know, the other question is, what does it teach us about God? So we ask, what does it teach about God? What does it teach us about ourselves or about humanity? One of the things that we learn about how God works is that a boy was not afraid of God's voice. We tend to think God's going to speak in thunder. <laughs> going to be big, scary, and this big voice, right? And whenever we hear, watch movies, God always has this big voice. Mm-hmm. And here's a young boy serving in the temple who was not afraid of God's voice. I think that that's one of the tools of the enemy to try to make us be afraid of God all the time, mm. right? That God isn't on our side, that God's mostly angry, that God's mostly scary. And yet when we find him speaking, he says, Samuel's name and Samuel's not afraid. This boy eagerly wants to serve whatever that voice is saying, right? Yeah. And uh, there's something to be said about maybe we should stop looking for lightning and thunder moments and maybe we should listen for God's whispers. Yeah. Right? A little bit more in our lives. Yeah. Well, in this particular case, ironically, God was angry, just not at Samuel. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I think it's really important for us to understand, too, uh, you know, this is sort of backing up a little bit and talking about what does this passage teach about God is that, uh, is that God, God uh, is going to respond to sin uh, the way that God responds to sin because of his nature. Yeah. So God detests sin. He, he, he hates sin. And we know that in, the, in, in, in our day and age today, he still hates sin. Right. But he just responds differently. Right. And the only reason why he responds differently is because our sin has been paid. And so back then it wasn't paid, but now yeah. it's paid. Yeah, well, in this situation, it's not saying that God is sending Hophni and Phineas to hell. Right. It doesn't say that. It just says he had warned them and warned them and warned them. Right. And they didn't heed the warning, and God's like, good, fine, then I'm going to remove you from your role. Yeah. 
right? That's it. So I think that forgiveness for sins as far as salvation goes is the same on both sides of the cross. Mm-hmm. It's just in this situation, God is pretty harsh towards mm-hmm. religious leaders that are abusing their position, even after they've been warned multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that situation, I think that we can have warnings today in our lives multiple times. And then finally, hey, when you get a whole bunch of uh-ohs from the doctor, you need to quit smoking, you need to quit smoking, you need to quit smoking. And then finally, you don't quit smoking and then you die of lung cancer. That's not God being mean to you. He warned you and warned you and warned you. Yes. It's kind of the same thing here in this situation where the warnings were, this didn't surprise them. Yeah. I think that's why Eli was willing to go ahead and say, you're right. Whatever God's deciding to do, let him do. Yeah. Because and, he'd been warned so many times, this wasn't a surprise. And by the way, I'm down to two packs a day. I know you're proud, yeah. you're proud of me. <laughs> well, uh, we, we've had people ask with your voice on the, on the microphones like this, <laughs> how, how many yeah. packs a day does he smoke? Yeah, which, by the way, just for clarity, uh, every time I go into the doctors, they always say, do you drink? I say, no. And then they go, do you smoke? And I say, no. And they go, really? (laughs) Because my voice is so raspy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've only only smoked a puff of a cigarette once in my entire life. Wow. Uh, When I was like seven years old, I stole my mom's cigarettes. And I went outside and I snuck. And my mom caught me on my way out the door with all her girlfriends in the living room. And my mom is a genius. She goes, what do you got there? And I said, a cigarette. And she goes, well, here, let me light it for you. Why don't you, ta- why don't you, why don't you puff it in front of everybody? Oh, no. <laughs> and so she, she went ahead and, 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 I, and she lit it. And I was like, wow, my mom's the coolest woman in the world, right? And I went, and I puffed it. She goes, no, 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 inhale like this. And so I inhaled, and then I just coughed and coughed and coughed. Oh. And then they all laughed at me. And I never touched a cigarette again for the wow. rest of my life. Wow. So, I never have either. I've never, I've never even had one puff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm better than you on that. You're not missing anything, buddy. Yeah, I know. Well, but do you remember when we used to go into restaurants back in the old days? You had to ask for smoking or non. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've smoked 40 or 50 packs of cigarettes in all those restaurants. Well, what about, Secondhand smoke. What about planes? Airplanes, yeah, yeah. Ugh. I was on an airplane not long ago to Morocco, and there was an ashtray in my seat arm armrest. I would have called for a new plane. <laughs> There's an old plane. Because <laughs> that's an old plane, buddy. Yeah. So anyways, I was just making jokes. You never smoke, but you just have that raspy voice, yeah. right? Yeah, so, anyways, so what does it teach us about God? What does it teach us about people? I think we've already talked about those things. And then, you know, because of this passage, how should we be looking at how do we apply this to our own life, right? Yeah. What's the thing that my life should change as a result? Or how do I say, okay, this passage now makes sense in my life in this area? Well, strangely enough, when it says, is there an example for me to follow? I would say, follow uh, Eli's response saying, like, I trust God's judgment, good or bad. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, shall I, shall I accept good things from God and not from bad, you know, not the bad things? Yeah. I think that's important. I, I was, I was going to say the same thing on that one. I, I'm just astounded by his response. Even in this situation, he was a bad dad. He wasn't a good leader in the, as a priest in this situation, not removing his sons. But he was still surrendered to God, saying, okay, what God's going to do is the right thing. And we can always trust God to do the right thing. Sometimes we want to prosecute him because he doesn't do what we would do. But God will always do the right thing, and what God does is always good. Mm. Um, the sin, is there a sin to avoid? Yeah, I would say anything that Hophni and Phineas were a part of. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Anytime you read Hophni and Phineas' name, yes. just don't do what they're doing. Yes, yes. for sure. Um, and then a command to obey or a promise to claim, either one of those. Yeah, I think the command to obey uh, would be um, uh, maybe perhaps when God calls, always posture yourself and say, speak for your servant is listening. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily a command as much as it is. It's more of a challenge. 
Yeah, a challenge I, from did this I skip passage. into the challenge? Yeah, that's again? okay. Yeah, yeah, because I, I sort of think of Samuel's response, and I think, man, what a great response. Yeah, and it applies so much to today. Yeah, because when we, whenever we feel like God nudges or encourages us or speaks to us or challenges us, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, to say, okay, God, I'm going to respond and say whatever it is that you're saying, just tell me, I'm listening. Yeah. Now, one of the things you'll discover in Discovery Bible Study uh, method is sometimes there's not an answer to one of those questions, right? Right. Sometimes it can just be, no, there's not, nothing in here. Because I think of the word, you know, the phrase, is there a command to obey? Thou shalt do this or thou shalt not do this, right? Right. It's a direct command. God is saying you should do these things. Don't steal, don't kill, whatever. And then the promise to claim most of the time is where God says, if you do this, I'll do this. Or God just stepping up and saying, I am your God and I'll always do these things for you. Then we can claim those. But if there's not one, it's okay to go, no, not in this passage really. Because when you end it, is there a challenge for me? Is there a, a, something that applies to me? Then we can always say, you know, how you summarize there right at the very end. So I think it's really good. Hey, I've enjoyed these conversations so far. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. And I think that uh, when it comes down to it, um, even even now, Samuel's not even truly begun his impact. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, we already have gleaned so much yeah. from this young man's life and, and from his mom and from his, from his parents. Yeah. And we're only asking these, you know, eight or nine total questions, right? Yeah. Four big questions. And then that last question just kind of has a few unpacking questions. Awesome. So it's, it's really neat how uh, dynamic the conversation can be asking a few simple questions. Yeah, so we hope you're enjoying the, the Discovery Bible study method, and we will see you tomorrow as we continue to talk about Samuel. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us spread the word by liking this episode and sharing it on your social media platforms. Be sure to leave a comment and review, and don't forget to give us five stars. When you do, you help us reach even more people who need a daily devotional like HC Daily. If you'd like to hear more from Chris and Jeff, they're both teaching pastors at Heritage Church, located in Southeast Michigan. You can get more of their messages by clicking on the Messages tab at heritagechurch.com. Be sure to join us again soon for another episode of HC Daily.